get sales lessons from experts and entrepreneurs. Go out there and be the spokesperson and the representative for the brand. On how you can bring your A game in selling. Making sales requires putting yourself out there and being vulnerable. To start and scale your business. We need to negotiate for what we deserve. This is Ace the Sales podcast and here's your host Roshni Burrania. Hey there, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode where I have with me Kate T. Jong who is joining me all the way from Perth, Australia. Kate is a business and marketing coach who helps her clients grow their business with ease and she is giving some interesting points about how to get your business model right and how to find alignment in your sales and marketing. But more than that, she is also sharing a very beautiful story about how she got into entrepreneurship so she left her engineering world her technical job and corporate job and got into entrepreneurship so she's sharing a very wonderful and heartful story about uh, how she got into that so listen to the full conversation but before we jump into that a quick reminder to follow and give five star rating to ace the sales podcast on your listening app because when you do that it helps us take this podcast and these valuable conversations to many more entrepreneurs just like yourself and now join me in welcoming our guest to the mic hey there welcome to ace the sales podcast kate i am so happy to welcome you on my show please introduce yourself to our listeners and let us know what you do hi roshni thanks for having me so i'm a business and marketing strategist for small business owners So anyone who is starting or growing or scaling their business, I help them with business growth strategy and marketing strategy and of course sales is a very big part of that which I focus on also. Oh awesome that's exactly what we need on this show and uh, our listeners want to hear all the more about. So before we get into those uh, expert insights from you Kate uh, we just wanted to have very light-hearted uh, conversation on knowing the behind the scenes aspect of you which we called BTS on ATS so a few rapid fire questions would you like to take on sure tell us one thing that we won't find or know from your social media profile or website or anywhere else probably that i speak five languages oh awesome that's amazing so you you learned yeah and i've lived in over 6 different countries I've traveled many more but yeah love travel love languages oh that's <laughs> wonderful that's a very good skill to have <laughs> tell us one silly habit that you have which drives people around you crazy silly habit probably it's not so silly by do a 20 minute yoga routine in the morning but it becomes silly when the kids want something the husband wants something or they're all in the room with me at the same time and i refuse to give up my yoga sequence so <laughs> <laughs> i often have a child on my back or you know a dog trying to bite or chew or um climb my arm or you know but i'm very resolute in don't get in my way let me do my yoga then we can chat but they often don't let me. so it's often oh, a bit wow. of a please give me yeah. these 20 minutes of the day to me and my yoga kind of a thing yeah, exactly <laughs> wonderful so uh, kate you are from perth australia right mm-hmm. so tell us your favorite place in the city what is your go to place 
it's always been and there's one particular beach in Perth called Cottesloe and it feels like a very spiritual healing place for me so yeah I love to go there in summer we're there every weekend just getting your feet in the sand in the salt water um, that's definitely my favorite place around close by yeah. very nice beautiful and last question uh, describe yourself in three words genuine driven kind oh wonderful i like the part of driven because yes as small business owners that's one thing we definitely need to do we have to keep ourselves motivated <laughs> awesome wonderful let's get started with some expert insights from you uh, kate because you are a business and marketing strategist and a coach and um, one of the things which i always experience in my work with women entrepreneurs is that there are some areas which they often get stuck and they cannot move forward which is more than often a business model but before we get into the business model i would like to know from you what according to you are the three areas where business owners mostly get stuck or they don't get it right so any things that you have observed in your work with them yeah definitely number 1 is getting clear brand messaging i see people struggle with that all the time and i probably spend 80 to 90% of my time helping clients get clear on what do they stand for who do they serve what do they offer just that clarity because i know as you know that the confused person never buys and Yes, yeah, so many people find it such a challenge to just say clearly and succinctly what they do and how they can help. So that's usually the first mistake or challenge, I'd say. The second part is a lot of people or you know our audience is women entrepreneurs, right? And I've noticed that well there's two things. Firstly, really embracing and accepting the fact that if you're if you have a business, you're in the business of marketing and selling. and making peace with that and learning the skills to do that well rather than saying oh i don't do marketing or i don't like selling we can tell you now you're not going to survive <laughs> so make peace with the fact that you are in the business of marketing and selling if you are a business owner and learn the skills to do it well and then it will just be so much easier the third thing i see women particularly struggling with is valuing themselves so pricing in a way that is going to give you profit in the business and that values your time that leverages your time rather than burning yourself out serving too many people um and not getting anywhere financially so valuing yourself i find is an ongoing challenge for women oh i love all the three points that you said kate because yes getting out the right branding and messaging is one of the things that you need to start with because i think that is a clarity which the business owners they themselves don't have and then they get into this rut of uh, copying and pasting and doing whatever other person is doing and maybe it's worked for them so it will work for me but uh, they don't take the time to identify their competence and uh, their love for what they want to do but uh, can you talk to us a little bit about how they can unearth this core brand messaging of theirs because that is a very important piece of uh, selling also oh absolutely yeah so it always goes back to your why vision mission values you know and if you don't have clear bold powerful statements that succinctly summarize those it's really hard to get the rest of your branding right and it's not an easy thing to do that some people pull together a vision statement and they think oh there we go it's done but if it's not 
compelling or emotive or it doesn't resonate with your target audience, if they can't find themselves in the vision of your future, it doesn't help, it doesn't serve your business. So finding out or getting help to get really clear messaging, particularly the why, because I know nowadays everyone, you know, knows that people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And if you can't say clearly to to somebody, you know, I do this because I believe, yeah, that is the, the missing piece in all your brand messaging. If you you need to be able to finish the sentence because I believe, and then it becomes a great filter because the people that you're you are here to serve will believe what you believe. And the ones who don't, you don't waste your time or energy trying to serve them because there's no alignment of values, right? So yeah, getting that part right, yeah, is essential. That why is so important. And I think that's the main thing that got me also to do the kind of work that I'm doing in 2016. I moved from an e-commerce business to sales consulting for women entrepreneurs. And my biggest why was that in a room full of uh, people and entrepreneurs and a business networking event, when the number of women were very little, that became my biggest why that I'm not seeing them as the minority in the room, but I'm seeing them as the biggest opportunity. These are the people who have the tremendous amount of potential. And if we are able to work with them, if we are able to upskill them through a podcast like this, uh, that's the biggest why, that's the biggest service we can do. So Yes, reconnecting uh, with uh, your why is so, so important. And uh, another thing which I feel is very important for a business owner to get right is business model. And I'm sure that since you are a business coach and uh, strategist, that's the thing that you work a lot on because people always think that, uh, oh, I'm providing consulting or I'm providing coaching or uh, I'm selling a fitness program or a soy wax candle. But that's not actually the product program or service. There is a business model uh, through which you get paid and people often don't get that right. So can you talk to us a little bit about your take and tips on how should one arrive at identifying the best business model for themselves? Yeah, well, it comes down to having what we call a customer journey, doesn't it? So there needs to be a way for someone to engage with your brand at a low price point or for free where they get massive value. And that then leads into, you know, something else that, you know, because people need to build trust um, in a relationship before they're willing to buy or spend a lot of money. So, you know, offering your knowledge and expertise for free and then leading them into the next paid service and then having a clear pathway for them to do more and more with you as the trust builds and they're getting results. That's critical, I've found. And a lot of business owners, you know, they say, hey, I'm going to stand in my power and I'm going to go out to market and I'm going to charge this price for my service. And then no one bites because they don't know them they they haven't been informed or educated they haven't you know this this it's like a human relationship you need time and you need to build that trust and confidence over time so then and some people will buy straight off because they like what they see but the majority you know need those 7 to 20 touch points before they'll buy or engage so having that customer journey or that business funnel as a lot of people call it that leads from a to b to c to d and making sure that's profitable for you, that it's going to leverage your time, 
that it's going to maximize your skills and experience. So yeah, really taking some time to think about that. And every business owner needs a free offering to, you know, to get people on into your your sphere, I suppose. And making sure that pathway and that funnel of offerings that you have is solving the client's pain points firstly, and that they can get massive results. And then secondly, it's a profitable business model for you to run and generate good income and grow and invest back into your business and, you know, and pay yourself a good wage as well, which hopefully, you know, will increase over time. Yes. I like the part that you say that it's not just about uh, one thing of uh, getting paid, but also having that full perspective and uh, full understanding of the buyer journey as to right from uh, knowing about you, how are you educating your client, then what are the materials you are sharing with them? What is the lead magnet or the free resource you are sharing with them? And then making sure that they are with you in that funnel for long enough time so that they can know you and understand you. And that becomes the entire business model. So right from the point where the person knows you to the point where they pay you, that's the entire business model. Uh, That's why it is having the term model, not just uh, one transaction kind of a thing. I love that. I like that. So, uh, Kate, you uh, decided to get into coaching and consulting from an engineering background. I read somewhere on your website probably that you felt like a square peg in a round hole in the engineering world. So, let's talk a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey and how you got started with setting up your own business. So, what made you felt that you were a misfit in the engineering world? What was the discovery process like? And how did you come about into jumping into entrepreneurship? Hey there, hope you've been loving the episode so far. Just wanted to take a moment to invite you to Ace the Sales Club, which is a tribe of women small business owners who dream, dare and do amazing stuff. If that's you, which I'm sure you are, Just sign up for it from the link given in show notes as every month we share with you tools and resources that can save you time, save you money or help you make more money as a solopreneur. So sign up for the club from the link given in show notes and now back to the episode. Yeah, so it was more, you know, there's a saying you can be pushed by pain or pulled by pleasure. And um, in my case, it was definitely pushed by pain. So in my engineering days, I kind of in the back of my mind always knew there was something else I should or could be doing because I did feel like a misfit in that world. I knew I wasn't wired the same way as most engineers. They're very sort of left brain analytical and I tend to be more, you know, creative in the language communication space. So my body started giving me the signs pretty early on in my engineering career that it's just started out as fatigue and then a fatigue that wouldn't disappear, rest didn't help, um, and then it sort of got worse and worse and developed into chronic illnesses. So my body was sort of trying to say, hey, you're not on, you're not in alignment, you know, and while the work was really fulfilling and it allowed me to travel and live in different countries and reach really, you know, on the outside looking in, it, I looked successful. You know, everyone's, you know, couldn't understand when I finally just, I've written a book about it because it was quite a long traumatic journey. Um, it's called Seeds of a Calling. But the 
The turning point was when my husband and I were trying to have a family, as many professional women do, and like everything else in your career, you just decide you want it and you work towards it and it happens, right? But fertility is not like that. So we tried for years and years to have a baby and um, the stress, I think, was just not helpful to my body. And finally, after three years of trying, I fell pregnant. But, you know, we when we went for the 12-week scan, we found that the baby had stopped growing so that was really traumatic and really devastating, particularly after we'd been, we were so excited to finally be pregnant, you know, because we weren't sure if we could. But then at, in that point, I did what I'd always done and I put on my happy mask, went back to work, you know, as we're trained to do as young people, we, you know, everything's fine. And, but on the inside, I was dying. But the second time I fell pregnant again, and then the exact same thing happened at 12 weeks. We lost the baby again. And that was sort of the point. That was the sledgehammer that came out and floored me. I just dropped to my knees and I I just said, I can't, you know, I had to take a month off work. And for the first time in my life, I couldn't go on. I couldn't put the happy mask on anymore. I was just completely depleted and Yeah, it took during that month off work, which is the first time I'd ever stopped, like just completely stopped. Um, But I guess when you stop, that's when the clarity drops in, isn't it? So um, it was after probably, you know, three or four weeks, I was down at the beach one morning and I just sat there and it was feeling, I knew I had to go back to work soon. And I just felt that knot in my gut. And I just thought, oh, I felt my whole body just tense. And then suddenly I just had this thought, just give up, you know, and it was like the first time I'd contemplated the idea of quitting my career. And, but as soon as that thought entered my mind, it was just this lightness, just, you know, and I knew in that moment, that's what I have to do. And so I had no idea what I was going to do. And so like many of us that decide to quit our careers or technical careers, corporate careers, you know, I went through a big identity crisis because I thought, well, who am I if I'm not an engineer? You know, what what do I tell people? <laughs> and so that was another couple of years of soul searching. But thankfully, as soon as I made the decision to quit engineering, I fell pregnant and carried my baby boy to term. So it was like my body's confirmation that this is the right thing. And then, yeah, so we actually at that time moved overseas. So for six years, we were in France when he was born, my second was born in South Korea. And during that time, I had the space to think, what am I going to do? And I really just felt drawn. I think we all start where, well, I've noticed a lot in the in the people that I coach, your mess is your message, isn't it? So whatever you've struggled with becomes the thing you want to help others overcome. So I started, I got my career, my coaching certification and started coaching people through career change and trying to find the right career path that lights them up. And then that eventually, I, doing that, I realised that I needed to learn marketing and selling. And then when we moved back to Australia, I did deep dives into different marketing and selling programs. And I ended up meeting a woman who became my business mentor. She was teaching sales and marketing and she asked me to come on to, t- to help her teach. And I really loved that. And since then, that was back in 2017. So since then, I've just been helping other people do what I've done, which is start and grow a business and and learn the art of sales and marketing, which funnily enough, I never would have thought in my wildest dreams that I would end up doing that, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But my why, my why is that I believe everyone has a gift and it's our job to find the gift and give it away. 
And for me, entrepreneurship has been the path to freedom and fulfillment. And I believe it is for many people. And it's a great way to find your gift and give it away. So that's why I do what I do to help others find their gift and and give it through entrepreneurship. Wow, that's so beautiful, Kate. And thank you so much for sharing your story and journey, because uh, that is something which I feel every woman goes across in their lifetime. There are so many choices one has to make, and many of them uh, stem from this area of uh, having this uh, beautiful gift of becoming a mother. And uh, I don't see it as an obstacle, but it is something which we so lovingly want. And then there comes a choice of going ahead with motherhood or going ahead with your profession and career. And that's a very difficult choice for everyone to make. I mean, for me also, it has been a very difficult journey and I'm sure many amongst the listeners are feeling your uh, story and relating to it because it's a very difficult choice to make. And I'm so glad that you were able to navigate through it and you were able to listen to what your body is saying, what your alignment is and and finally find this gift of helping other people uh, uncovering their gifts so beautiful thanks for sharing your journey so kate you said that uh, you got uh, connected to a business mentor and started helping her uh, teach sales and marketing and that was your uh, love affair starting with <laughs> sales and marketing and becoming an important uh, element in the entire work that you are doing right now so uh, but tell me when you started off as an independent coach or a consultant and uh, what was it like to you like what were the challenges that you that came to you when it came to selling many a times it is like uh, people say oh I will feel so aggressive I would seem so aggressive and pushy people will not buy from me because I am no one who they don't know me what credibility do I have so many kind of limiting beliefs we have so any particular things that uh, you can share from your personal experience when you were starting out what was it like yeah well imposter syndrome was huge especially because I had no background in coaching but then when I looked back I thought well I've been mentoring younger graduates and students all through engineering so it was just a different application of that skill but still your mind starts telling you all the reasons why you know why you're not the right person to yeah imposter syndrome is real isn't it it's and it rears its head i've noticed when you step into something new and so it's just a normal human reaction that happens when you step into something that feels uncomfortable because it's new then imposter syndrome just happens. it's just that little voice chattering away telling you that you know why would anyone hire you what have you got to offer and all of that silly stuff so I think first accepting that it's a natural human reaction and that it's not just you, there's not something wrong with you. Everyone goes through that. Every single person I work with goes through imposter syndrome. And the thing that helps most, I find, and what helped me was, again, that clarity piece. So it's finding one problem that you can solve initially and and doing some market research to figure out, is this something people are struggling with? And, you know, just doing surveys or asking people questions. And in my case, the first offer I went out with was finding your purpose or finding, it was called, I still remember it was called Blissful Clarity. And it was just, you know, because we were overseas and there were a lot of expats and a lot of women that didn't know what they wanted to do and what they wanted was clarity. And so when I came along and said, are you feeling lost in all the options? Are you feeling like you've lost your identity? 
So really figuring out the pain points of your audience and then the solution. So I just worked with people one-on-one, made my offer. I still remember asking for money the first time and a a lady handed me an envelope of cash. (laughs) And I think it was only $300 or something for a six-week course, which was ridiculously cheap. But it was the first time I'd asked for money, you know, for this service. And, And that feeling of, oh, my gosh, she's paying me for this work. And it was a really hard switch because I was used to work feeling hard and difficult and this didn't feel like work. It felt like fun and having a conversation with someone. And I thought, how can I be adding value if I'm enjoying this process, you know, and it's it doesn't feel hard. But I think that's when you know you're in your zone of genius, isn't it? When it it flows, it's easy for you and, and other people need it. So, um, yeah, it was a process of getting used to charging for your gift. And because it does feel easy for us, it does require, you know, a mindset adjustment. So over time, I just, the more confident I got, and I see this with clients as well, the more confident you get, the more you start increasing your pricing. And the key warning sign when your pricing is too low is when the feeling of resentment comes in, doesn't it? So you're working with someone and you're resenting how much time and effort you're putting in because the money reward is not there. And so that's, for me, every time a sign you're undervaluing yourself, you need to put your prices up. And then, you know, getting to that happy space where you feel really good about your pricing, it feels like a great energy exchange with your client because that's what's attractive, isn't it? It's it's when you're insecure yourself about your pricing that it repels or it's difficult to sell because every, people pick up on, on your insecurities. So... I think it's just finding a pricing that feels really good and growing that pricing as your confidence and your competency grows. It's it's all about the alignment you find with yourself and then with your worth and hence your pricing. So um, lovely tips that you've shared, uh, Kate. So now that you've been into this space for long enough, what would you say, what's your superpower in selling? Um, I think my superpower is probably listening. I ask a lot of questions and I really, really listen to figure out what is the solution that they need here because I can help people in so many different ways and not everyone wants a cookie cutter solution or a program or, you know, it's, and I've been in situations where I've told someone what I needed and they've pitched me this full-blown program that I don't need all that stuff. You know, I, I just need one part of that, but they kept trying to sell me the full program. And and from a customer perspective, that's really annoying. I think in business, you have to really listen and propose the solution that is hitting their need at that time. And just because you have a great program doesn't mean they need the program, right? So when, I, when I'm talking to a client, I'm always listening, listening. What do, and, and I'll often say to them, look, there's a few different ways we could do this. But I'm, you know, and I'll, I'll say there's option A, there's option B, there's option C but I'm sensing that you're probably not in a space right now where you want to go and study another course. Would that be right? And then they say, yeah, I'd rather just someone talk me through it. So then I know, okay, they don't want the self-study with the mentoring. They just want private support, you know? So yeah, it is a tricky one when you have a program that you want to sell, but I think, you know, there's other ways of doing that than than in a one-on-one conversation. In a one-to-one, it's about finding out what are their genuine needs right now and how can I meet those needs and being flexible enough to be able to meet those needs for your clients. That's what I have found is the key to getting consistent sales 
The other one is speaking your client's language. And I know most listeners out there have done all the different personality tests and we all know there's different personality types, but my favourite system by far is the the bank coding personality um, system where it describes four different types. And the problem is when people are selling, they're quite often speaking from their own value system and their own buying motivators. But people have different, and there's four clear sets of buying motivators. And if you can figure out what your prospects' buying motivators are, then it's much easier to speak their language, get alignment, and propose the solution for them. So, you know, they say selling is a numbers game. In my experience, it's absolutely not. It's about speaking the language of your prospect and understanding what what motivates them to say yes and speaking them to them in a way that does that. So, yeah, taking the time, researching beforehand. Okay, you can. there's artificial intelligence now that you can use to see what your LinkedIn, you say if it's LinkedIn and you, and you go to their profile, you can see what language they're speaking, whether it's, you know, um, whether they're systems driven or whether they're relationship driven or whether they're knowledge driven or action, you know, there's different. And then when you, I my personally, I've found my sales conversion rate increased massively since really trying to understand my prospects' worldview before speaking to them and then in all my communications, speaking to them in that language. And it's, um, yeah, that's a really important piece as well. Yes, that's really very key to increase your sales conversion, that uh, not only understanding your own uh, motivators, but also understanding the emotional motivators of your prospects because um, people justify their purchase through logic but they always buy based on uh, emotions so um, that's the key of understanding your uh, client psyche and uh, then increasing your sales conversion wonderful kate it's been a lovely conversation with you and just to uh, end it with the last question or a last message from you as to what is your message to all the women entrepreneurs listening to this podcast that how can they fall in love with selling well hopefully most of the listeners see selling as serving um and so in my perspective in my view it is and since i've embraced it from that perspective it's a lot more genuine and authentic. None of us want to come across as a pushy salesperson, but if you come across from a place of service, that's that's key and wanting to help and having a clear message and offering that people can find themselves in or that they need, that's that's the key. So if you, you know, a lot of people say, I don't want to be too pushy, I don't want to be too salesy, which I understand, but at the same time, if people can't see you or if they don't know you exist or if you're not out there broadcasting what you do, then they can't find you. So you're doing, you're actually doing a disservice to the people that need you by not showing up and being visible. So uh, I always flip it around to the customer. Think I say to my clients, think of the customers out there that need what you have. And by you not showing up, that's really unkind to them. <laughs> you know, that's not serving them you need to get out there and sh- so getting away from being self-centric and being customer focused is how I got over the whole thing of selling um, the fear of selling or the fear of being visible or be seen it's about serving and helping those people know that you exist so you can help them wow lovely lovely message to end this conversation with that selling is service thank you so much Kate for uh 
having this conversation with us and uh, yeah lovely to have you thank you so much thanks for the opportunity that's a wrap thank you so much for listening to today's episode if you found any value in today's episode then remember to recommend ace the sales podcast to at least one of your business buddies you never know what insight they will get that can help them in their business so do some good karma today finally a loud shout out and thank you to the production team of done for you podcast who helped me in bringing this show to you If you too are looking to start your podcast for the business, get in touch with DFIP from the link given in show notes. Join me in the next episode for yet another conversation that can help you fall in love with selling. Till then, take very good care of yourself. This is your host Roshni Baronia signing off.